Welcome back to another edition of Roomsticks and Butterbeer, the Harry Potter podcast, brought to you by Dan Rhino. And Jessica Rhino? Yeah, we don't have anybody sponsoring it right now. Oh, okay. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't sure where we were going. Surprise! What? Multi-million dollar sponsorship deal Ooh. just came through. Cha-ching! Yeah. Money, 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 money. Money. Are you going to tell us who is sponsoring us? Uh, yes. Uh, it says here that it is. Hot off the press. Uh, Trump 2024. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. We'll take money from anybody. Ah, I see. <laughs> we have no shame oh. here on the Broomsticks and Butterbeer podcast. Hi, Jess. Hi, Dan. Jess, you've been in a bad mood lately. This is not true. <laughs> this is not true we at were all. Talking before we started recording about how you've been very upset lately, been breaking a lot of things in the house. I have not. <laughs> I did over exuberantly exit a stool and may have messed up one of the legs, but I had too much White Castle once and over exuberantly <laughs> exited a stool. <laughs> For a couple of days, actually. <laughs> Jennifer still wants to go when she comes to visit. Well, I mean, she's had crystals before. It's the same thing. Has she? That's what she said. Oh. No, I thought she said she's only had it in... She's had white castles, but she has frozen white castles from the grocery well, store. I she said she's had crystals before. Oh, I don't think so. Uh, are you a crystals person or a white castle person? Send us a email, broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. But you just said they were the same thing, so it really doesn't matter. I don't... I it's just hear, your, I've heard your location. I've heard they're the same thing, but I don't think I've ever had a crystal burger. No. I know in the South... Because uh, we would have been on a road trip if we saw one, and it's not good to get White Castles or or crystals, ever, I would assume, ever. on <laughs> on a road trip. Ever. It's never not good for your intestines. <laughs> I think at one time we went to Nashville like and I saw like a <laughs> saw like a a crystal slash uh, Captain D's or something like that. Ooh. It was like the worst combination of restaurants ever. You know, like an A and W Long John Silver's or something like that. Which no, A and W is good. Yeah, that's good. Those are both good. Yeah. Uh, back when I could taste food, those were good. Yeah. Wonk wonk. Yeah. Yeah, it's been a while. Coming up on the one year COVID anniversary. Are we going to have a party, or? Hopefully we'll get vaccinated by then. That would be great. So, uh, speaking of vaccinations, uh, we're going to talk about Chapter 14 (laughs) (laughs) of Harry Potter and the Goblet of Fire. Smooth. Smooth transition. So smooth. It's one of the best in the business. And uh, we're actually going to talk about Chapter 15, but before we do that, I'm going to recap Chapter 14 for you, which was called The Unforgivable Curses. And in that chapter, Mad-Eye Moody the new Defense Against the Dark Arts teacher, says that he'll be focusing on curses this year, specifically the three so-called unforgivable curses never to be used on another human, the Imperious Curse, which controls you, the Cruciatus Curse, which causes you immense pain, and Avada Kedavra, which is the killing curse. I say causes you death. Causes you die. Yeah. Harry realizes that this was the curse that was used on Voldemort, or by Voldemort, on his parents. Harry and Ron are struggling with their divination homework, so they just start making up horrible predictions for themselves for the next month or so. 
Hermione is starting her spew program that is trying to fight for elf welfare and rights. Harry finally gets a reply from Sirius, who is now on his way up north due to the seriousness of Harry's scar hurting and other rumblings that he's heard. What, are you going to press, got a button to press there? I missed it. It I missed my opportunity. (laughs) Due to the seriousness... That a girl. Uh, let's talk about chapter 15. Bo Battens. Am I saying that right? Yeah, sure. I can't tell if it's like Bo Batons. Yeah, I've heard it a bunch of different ways. Maybe we need to like just pull it up on the movie to see how they say it. Uh, Kelly would say that. Bo Baton. Bo Battens. Oh, yeah. Never, you consult, never the consult the movie. Bo Battens and Dermstrang. I but thought Kelly doesn't... told me it was. She doesn't approve of the audiobook either, so we're just all out of luck. Well, Harry feels terrible about Sirius coming out of hiding to respond to his last letter. Harry tries to write another letter to Sirius, telling him that everything is fine, there's nothing to see here, no need to come up north. Yeah, I was... So it's been a while. And, like, the first line of the chapter is... Harry given some serious thought to his problem and now has a solution. I'm going, what was the problem? I like I was totally what kind of lost. Thought did he give to it? Serious thought. <laughs> Hit the Ric Flair for me, just for no reason. Woo! Uh, Harry goes to the Owlry to find Hedwig, and Hedwig is still a little salty about their last interaction, Jessica. Wouldn't you be? He know. was very rude. Who's he? Harry. Okay. Not the other one. No, I'm just saying pronouns. Well, Harry was very rude. The Hedwig. Uh, Hedwig did a lot of work, a lot of legwork for Harry to find Sirius and to come back. It was probably not easy. It was not an easy trip. And then all Hedwig wanted was a little love when she came back. Or a treat or something. And Harry was a bit of a jerk. But, but he is a kid, so kids kind of do that. So when Harry goes to get Hedwig to take a letter back to Sirius, Hedwig is not really feeling up to helping him out. But Harry kind of... We learned that Hedwig has a bit of a, a chip on her shoulder. Oh, yes. Well, she's very pretty, and she thinks she's the prettiest and the best. And Harry kind of says, oh, yeah, well, it would be a hard trip for you. You're probably much too tired to do it. I should probably get maybe Pig Widgeon or I could borrow from Ron or... So, yeah, somebody else's owl. And so <laughs> that's when uh, Hedwig kind of, okay, I'll stretch out. and Fine, I'll do it. I'll do it. So... Harry kind of appeals to Hedwig's, uh, like I said, that chip on that she has on her shoulder, which I thought that was it was interesting that he emotionally manipulated this owl. <laughs> <laughs> I was just gonna say that he knows his pet well enough to know how to motivate her. That's one way of saying it. Another way of saying it is 
emotional manipulation. <laughs> uh, we find out that Mad-Eye Moody is going to be performing the Imperious Curse, which is that controlling curse, on each student so that they can learn how to fight back against it. Uh, Jess, I thought that these were never to be performed on another human, so is this... Why would you think that? Because he said it <laughs> in the last <laughs> chapter. Well, yeah, but they need to know. So you think this is... I was going to ask you, is this a bad idea or is this a good idea? Because they kind of do need to know. Maybe Moody... Moody realizes that something's up, I think. Otherwise... Dumbledore wouldn't have pulled him out of retirement to come to be the, the Dada teacher for a year. It seems like Moody, who has seen some stuff in his years, is aware that there is something going on in the wizarding community, and these kids maybe need to be ready for something. And that's why he's focusing on these curses this year and kind of pressing the fast-forward button on their Defense Against the Dark Arts training. So maybe they do need, maybe this is a good thing. Maybe it's okay to kind of skew the rules a little bit because maybe they need this. Um, didn't they say that if you do that, you end up in, like, prison? I don't know. These are trying times, babe. <laughs> I, um, honestly don't fully remember the dynamic here of why and does Dumbledore really approve? Does he not? Does he know about it? Does everybody just assume that he does? Because mm -hmm. this is the guy Dumbledore chose. He mm -hmm. chose him. There must be a reason. He trusts him. It's fine. And we know from when Moody turned Draco into the weasel or whatever he turned him into. Ferret. A ferret. Some kind of rodent. Yeah. We know that Moody just, he kind of uh, marches to the beat of his own drummer. Mm -hmm. And he doesn't really care what other people think. And he's kind of, you know, feels like, well, you wanted me here, so I'm going to do things my way. So maybe it is a little yeah, bit Yeah, kind of, I'm here as a favor to you, yeah. so. McGonagall kind of got on him about turning Draco into the ferret. And he kind of acted like, I don't, I don't know what you want from me. He was he was being a jerk. <laughs> he deserved it, so... So we know that he he tends to... He has some experience with skirting the rules a little bit if, it, if he deems it necessary. But in your opinion, just in your opinion, do you think this is a good idea or a bad idea? Um, it might not be a bad idea. Like, it would... Like he says, it's kind of good to know when you're being controlled. and Or maybe even, like, since they made such a big deal out of it that you could fight it, maybe you could even practice fighting it. But I feel like then maybe it's, I mean, it's still a big deal. I don't know. Like, should it not be a for forgivable, cur un unforgivable, bleh, can't talk. It's easy for you to say. Yeah. Should it not be one of those really bad three mm -hmm. if... You could practice it and learn how to fight against it? I mean, I think it should be because of the things that you can make. Yeah. You can make the person do a really... You can make somebody, like, murder somebody. Yeah. You know? Do anything. Or, or commit some other just 
horribly, you know, unforgivable, for lack of a better term, crime. So it sh- I think it should be up there in that level with held in that regard with the other two. However, I think it is one that you can teach without harming somebody. You can't you can't teach somebody to resist uh, the uh, Avada Kedavra. Yeah, the killing curses. You know, and you can and, do it, for that. and it would be immoral to to teach somebody. I think to resist the one that causes you immense pain. Yeah, you know, excruciating pain. I think that's just that's torturous. And I I think that if you're like an I horror, don't know that you could fight that one. I think if you're like an Auror or something, you might need to know how to fight. You know, you might need to know what that feels like. Honestly. You might need to know what that pain feels like, just so you're you can familiarize yourself more with the seriousness of, of these curses. However, the the one that we're working on here, the Imperious Curse, I think it is something that it would be kind of handy if yeah. you had like a literally a yeah. generation that was immune to it, and, and it's and it's in a controlled environment. Can. You see that was. That was the other half of my point, though. I don't know that is the best one. Probably not. To do it. <laughs> like, it might be beneficial to teach it and learn how to build up, you know, resistance to it, whatever. But uh, it might not be him so that should teach it. a potentially good idea with some caveats, with some amendments. <laughs> yeah. So, we've, uh, like I said, we find out that Mad-Eye Moody is is trying to teach the students how to uh, resist this curse, and none of the students are able to fight back against the curse, except, of course, Harry, the Chosen One. And we also learned the... We get a glimpse into Harry's head. We learned the, the dynamics of this curse a little bit, and almost that it's like a voice in the back of your head that you that sounds like your conscience that is telling you to do something that is not your idea though like there's putting there it's like an idea being put in your head that you you kind of have to obey but harry we kind of get to see the battle in his head where he's got almost like the little devil and the little angel <laughs> on his shoulders and the voice in his head saying jump up on this table and then the other voice saying but why? Why would you, why would you want to do that? No, jump on the table. Eh, I don't know if it's a, such a good idea. So we get to kind of see that. I thought it was kind of cool to kind of see that tug of war in his head going on. I wish there was like more of a why, other than you know he's the chosen one. Well, that that was my next question. My next question that I had written down: Why is Harry already more adept at fighting this curse? Is he just we know that some students are better at certain things than others. Hermione's better than everybody else at Transfiguration. Mm-hmm. You know, nobody else can. You know, but she puts in the work. Out. But is that why, or is that some people are just inherently better at certain things? Some people just have an instinct. Some people just have something in them that makes them better at something. You know, playing sports growing up. There's some people that work, 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 work every day on a particular skill or a particular sport, and they'll never be as good as this other person on the team who doesn't try nearly as hard, but it's just inherently, instinctually better. And 
I wonder if there's something like that, some things like that in the, the wizarding world where certain people are just stronger. Certain people are just more powerful. Certain people are just more, just have an, an instinctual ability to be able to perform tasks better or resist curses better. So is it something, is he just more powerful? Is it something about something that happened in his past that made him and, and I'm, I'm kind of throwing it out there because I don't know if there, if there is something there. I don't want, you know, I'm, you might know. I don't want you to spoil it. But is there something that possibly made him to where he is able to resist this person? I don't remember this being, like, explained or, you know, that we get any more insight into this. Maybe it does, but like I, like I said, I don't remember some of the aspects of this book. It's been a long time since I've read them. Uh, and I didn't like this movie at all, so I didn't like you spend a lot like of time in this year. You just don't like Pattinson. That's Batman. Uh huh. Um, He's gonna be Batman. But I do think get I mean, on board. Obviously, <laughs> that there are people who are stronger, more skilled, sure. have whatever. But I also kind of wondered, like for this instance, could it be something like? You know, Harry was brought up by muggles. And there's a couple of times where they talked about, uh, you know, when he he raised his fist to fight first rather mm -hmm. than go for his wand. Like, his instincts are very muggle-based and mm -hmm. not magical-based. So would that kind of help him kind of question it more? You know, I think the magical people, the people who are born that, in that world are a little bit more open to these concepts and you know he where he would question it more like that's weird mm -hmm. why would i have why you know this voice in my head this this isn't normal i don't know i just was wondering if maybe it was something like that but then there would also be other students that would have that tendency because they were muggle born do you think it has something to do with being brought up by the dursleys and the fact that he was so controlled all the time Every part of his life was controlled by them, and maybe that kind of built up some calluses in his soul or something. I know we're or getting kind of uh, even just like a rebellion theoretical to here, getting but, told what to do. Yeah, and you know, at home, like you said, at the Dursleys, he was very controlled, and he couldn't do this and he couldn't do that. But at school, he's free to do what he wants. So maybe that's part of it too, where he got to school and he's no, I get to do what I want here. You mm -hmm. don't get to tell me what to do. And obviously his teachers still tell him what to do. But you know, like you said, it's, it's different. Maybe he... He's got more confidence. Mm -hmm. He's got more... Or he builds up more of a rebellion to being told. Like it, it, it grates on him more I th yeah, that's than another kid who normally is just like, oh, okay, yeah, I do what I'm told. I'm you good. know, your environment, I wonder if your environment, you know, has something to do with, you know, the you know nature versus nurture mm -hmm. argument that's always... It's going to be going on forever. I'm multitasking, by the way. I'm playing with the dog while I am <laughs> producing podcasting gold here. Yeah. So. Well, I don't see why you can't do both. I'm the I'm the Harry Potter of <laughs> podcasting. Podcasting. <laughs> or playing with the dog. I, yeah. Yes. Podcasting. The answer is yes. <laughs> 
So Moody, as the cursor in this case, wants Harry to jump on the table. He is able to half resist, which, from the sound of the way they described it, he seemed to be able to walk it off later, but from the description yeah. in the book, they sound like he shattered his kneecap. That's what it said. <laughs> he cracked both his kneecaps or something, and and then he was just fine later. <laughs> like, don't we, do we need to go to the hospital wing? I no. mean, don't we need to do something about this? No, he's fine. It's Didn't fine. Didn't even go to Pomfrey. Yeah. Well, you know, wizards are a little bit sturdier stock. They made it sound like that he shattered both of his kneecaps and then was made to do it four more times. <laughs> and he got a little better at resisting each time until he could completely resist the curse at the end. So, yeah. Maybe Moody not the best person to... <laughs> to control this lesson. Yeah, but I'm kind of of the mind that the kids... I don't know. It's not just that, though. He kind of made it fun where he was making them do goofy things and do cartwheels and and that's not really the idea you want to put in the kids heads mm -hmm. that look at all this funny stuff i can make these people do because then they want to try it on each other and make each other do cartwheels and backflips and jump around like a duck or yeah, something I didn't think of that that's um, interesting that he should have if if it had been a more responsible teacher and actually doing the lesson maybe just having them do something boring like right on the chalkboard or well all of the students classes seem to be getting more intense they seem to be instructors seem to be piling on the work piling on the activities is there a reason for this or is this just fourth year protocol is this like a normal fourth year or is this kind of a little you know like we kind of alluded to earlier maybe mcgonagall knows we got to kind of press fast forward on their Education's a little bit here because we got some bad stuff coming. Um, no, I think it is. I mean, she kind of, that's what she explained is they had big tests coming up and they said, well, that's not till next year. And she said, this is still prepping for that. So I think it's just, you know, their owl tests are a big deal. And they're not kids anymore. I think it feels, you know, how they're just kind of all in one school, but it's kind of like they went to high school now for us. Mm -hmm. So they were in elementary school and middle school. Now you're in high school and you have to actually you gotta step it up a little step bit. Step it up, yeah. We find out that the delegations from Bo Battens, I almost, I tried, I wanted to say both Bo Battens and Durmstrang, <laughs> and then halfway that through, was not I went, gonna work for I went Bo Battens. <laughs> And Durmstrang will be follow, will be arriving in a week for the official kickoff of the Tri-Wizard Tournament. And it kind of reminds me of when at the Rhino household growing up when my mom would have a party. And it would be the only time that our house was ever truly clean. Yes. Because people were coming over and we wanted to put on airs that we have this orderly neat clean house <laughs> with with multiple children living in it at one time and they would go on a week-long cleaning spree you know things things would get nooks and crannies would get cleaned that hadn't had ever been cleaned everything would be 
you know, deep steamed. And Didn't she like get like new sod or something one time, you know, like, <laughs> or they kind of refinish the deck. I mean, it's not just like cleaning. Yeah. We're let's, talking let's, minor ho- let's home improvements. Pretend like this is the way we really live. <laughs> and that's kind of what's going on at Hogwarts right now because Hogwarts is undergoing a cleaning bonanza to make this place look good for their visitors, right? Yeah, gotta step it up. It's an old, dusty, drafty castle, but we're gonna make it look nice. They were even saying some of the people in the paintings were uh, upset because they were, the painting got clean, so it was like them getting like the top layer of their skin peeled off. <laughs> So like their their skin was a little raw, yeah. But it's it's shiny, it's perky now. Yeah. And the the suits of armor are all shiny now, so I'm sure it'll go back to normal. Certainly. Being a yeah. a drab, dusty mess after this Triwizard Tournament is over. But even the teachers kind of seem on edge about having visitors. Uh, not just making sure that the place is clean, but even. The teachers seem on edge, and McGonagall kind of snaps at Neville during Transfiguration class. What's up with the teachers? Why are the teachers so on edge about the visiting? I think it's just a rivalry, you know? They don't want the other schools to think they're better than them. And because the other schools are traveling to Hogwarts with their best of the best. where So they can kind of hide all their... Not so great students back. All their Nevels. <laughs> no, I would never say that. I love Neville. You would Neville say that. I would Neville say that. <laughs> um. So yeah, but they don't. Hogwarts doesn't get to hide anybody. It's all right there. Well, Fred and George have not given up on this on scheming their way into the Triwizard Tournament, despite be, not being quite old enough. But we learned that McGonagall won't tell them how the champions will be chosen. So they're having a hard time coming up with a scheme. Yeah, they can't make a plan. If they don't know what the parameters are that they're trying to <laughs> scheme into. Like, if you don't know where the money is being kept, it's hard to rob the bank. Yes. You know, so it they're having a little trouble with that. Uh, Sirius also writes back to Harry. Seems to know that Harry is just trying to protect him by playing off the severity of the scar hurting. Sirius is not buying it and is on his way anyway. And Harry is less of a jerk to Hedwig this time when she comes back. Yes, he's very nice this time. She gets bacon rinds. Yeah, like bacon rinds. <laughs> what? Are those like the like the hard like the crispy I don't know. edges of the bacon? You know, bacon had rinds. I didn't think bacon had rinds either. And then I was like imagining something like, like you know, bologna has the, the paper uh, plastic thing you peel off. Name. I'm like, it's is there O-S-C-A-R. something like on their bacon that they peel off? I don't understand. My bologna has a second name. We eat all of our bacon. There is no bacon left over. Bacon is gone. Yeah. Even the little crispy crumbs. Remember that time we went to that outdoor restaurant and they... We took the dogs with us, and they said, you want a plate of bacon for the dogs? <laughs> and I was like, okay. And they literally brought out a plate full of cooked... I mean, this was 
I wouldn't let you feed it all to them because they were going to get sick. <laughs> this was like $15 worth of bacon. <laughs> if you went to the grocery store. That restaurant is no longer in business, by the way. <laughs> probably because they kept giving away. $15 worth of bacon. Every time, every time a dog, a dog came, came in. They, they ran themselves out of business. And it was like. So we were on the patio, and, like, it wasn't even our waitress. I guess it was the cook who brought out our dishes because they were just ready, and so he brought them out to our table. And, yeah, he was just like, oh, I got, I got, I'll hook you up. I got some bacon. <laughs> and I'm thinking, like, a little plate with, like, two pieces on oh, yeah, it. Yeah, a little saucer. Like you know, like a little, just a little treat. This was. So much bacon. This was a caveman amount of bacon. <laughs> Like somebody who's on the Atkins diet, yeah. that's their dinner. <laughs> and their lunch. And their lunch. And it their was breakfast. a lot. It was so much bacon. And it was the greatest day of our dog's lives. Yes. Except for I wouldn't let him finish that it. Was the, it was I believe too that much. was Ace and Batman. Yeah. That was Ace and, Ace and Batman day. R.I.P. I but, think we had some, I think we called Peggy to come pick us up too because it was too hot to walk back and we were full. <laughs> we were full of greasy bacon. <laughs> was like hot summer day we're like hey you come get us it's just too hot it was like yeah we're just like it just like fat rich slobs just <laughs> overindulged even, on bacon can't even walk ourselves home it's a long way we need to have our driver come get us <laughs> we need to call for a car as they say well, now it's Friday, Jessica. It's time for the other schools to arrive. Oh, I thought you meant it's Friday, because it is Friday. It's Friday, Friday. Got a podcast on Friday. Rebecca Black, remember her? Huh? Remember that song? What? <laughs> you don't remember that no. song? No. I'll play it for you after this. Uh, it's Friday. It's time for the other schools to arrive. And the students are wondering how they will do so, how they will arrive. Uh, tell us about first about the delegation from Bobatons. Well, hold on. So, this is totally off the wall, but I thought it was just very odd that she spent several lines explaining that after class, they were going to get out of classes early. That's fine. They had to all, they were instructed to go to their dorm rooms and drop off their books and bags and then come back. And then she like said it again that they had to go to their dorm rooms and drop off their books and their bags. And I'm like, why do we, like, it just seems like a waste of things. We didn't need to know that that's what they were doing. And she told us twice. It was just strange. It's just, it's J.K. Rowling trying to get the page count up. <laughs> Let's that's, be honest. This is one of the big books. Let's be honest. Like, when she does, like, a song that lasts, like, four pages and it takes up, like, the, the middle third of the... They're just trying to get the page count up, babe. It was on. very strange. Like, she just made sure they could not come to... Like, but they wouldn't. They, they they had, like, a half hour. But they got out early. I don't know. It was just strange. And then she told us twice. Well, tell us about Bob Battens. And tell us a little bit about Madame Maxine. Um. Well, first, like... There were, all the students are lined up outside in the courtyard, and they don't really know what to expect, where these people are coming from. They don't know, they, are they coming on the train, or they, where are they coming from? But they finally spot something flying in over the forest, and 
it's this giant house size carriage drawn by winged horses giant winged horse winged horses and it lands and they're kind of like you're like oh you know pegasus are so pretty they're white and they're just pretty everybody loves pegasus these ones are not they got like red eyes and they're kind of scary sounding but anyway uh yeah madame maxine steps out and she's ginormous and I think in the movies, she's taller than Hed- uh, Hagrid, like quite a bit taller like, than yes. Hagrid. Like he's looking, always like dreamily looking up at right. her. But in the book, they're the same size. Right. That's what confused me a little bit too, because I thought I remembered her in the movies being significantly bigger. Yeah. Than Hagrid. So yeah, that kind of was like, wait a minute, what? Cause it just didn't go with the picture in my head. But, yeah, so they're the same size. And he's not there at the moment. He had an issue. Yeah, with the with the uh, blast-ended scroots or whatever. <laughs> scroots. And the butt-exploding <laughs> insect things. things. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he's not there at the moment, but he's going to be in charge of taking care of her horses. And she's not real sure about that. Uh, apparently, also, they're not dressed very warmly. It says that they just wore, like, silks. Mm-hmm. And so they all want to get inside because they're freezing. So they, they just kind of scurry away. We don't... Also, I noticed... Hmm, big thing. That it said the students were boys and girls. See, I was going to ask you about that. Because I thought that Bo Batten was... I don't know why I thought that. I thought it was just an all-girls school. And then the other one was an all-boys school. But... I didn't know if there was actually boy students there or if that was just like the little servant boy that like undid the steps. I am pretty sure it said students. Like she gestured to the young boys and girls that were her students or something. Yeah, we'll have an intern look it up. But I think in the movie they they kind of ran with a boys' school and girls' school. Gotcha. So that might be why we're confused. Uh, according to uh, our... Intern just came in. Just oh, just ran in here. and threw that at you. Uh, students at Bo Batten's are described rather stereotypically, mainly as beautiful, long-haired girls and attractive boys. There you go. In contrast with the serious and surly students from the Eastern European school, Durmstrang, they have good manners and, in general, are positive. While the unpleasant appearance of Durmstrang students implies their dishonesty. Similarly, the carriage of the Bow Battens is well lit and nice. And I'm not going to say the last part of that because we're going to get to that in just a second because that talks about how Durmstrang arrives. But Bow Battens, uh, Madame Maxine, uh, she says that we talked about, you talked about the ridiculous size of the Pegasi. <laughs> is, that a, is that the. The plural of Pegasus. Pegasuses. Pegasuses. This is. And she's kind of worried that whoever the care of magical creatures is, they need a very heavy hand. Yeah, and I don't know if your your care of magical creatures teachers would be able to handle these giant things. Well, she doesn't know that he's a giant thing. Exactly. <laughs> and Dumbledore's just like, ha ha ha, it'll be fine. And uh, it is important <laughs> to highlight that the horses drink only single malt whiskey. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I thought you might enjoy that part. I did enjoy that part. I, I 
would like to hang out with those horses. <laughs> I don't know, man. They got like some evil eyes. I'm okay with that. I like everybody. Come on, it's got to be really bad. We got Trump 2024 uh, sponsored this show. That's not good. No, it's not good for anybody. Uh, well, let's talk about Durmstrang as we wrap up this chapter here. Uh, Durmstrang came out of a magic whirlpool in the lake, like something out of... It reminded me of something out of, like, Pirates of the Caribbean. Yeah, that's not how it happened in the movie. And I was kind of like, wait, what? There was no whirlpool. It's just kind of like, like the little flag on the mast was coming through the water, and then it just kind of rose up, mm-hmm. I think, in the movie. Which I thought was pretty cool entrance, but I guess this works too. But it's a little harder to picture. Imagine this is something, I guess. I don't know. But yeah, there's the whirlpool, and it just like kind of wrestles its way out, and then it's there. And it said they were, uh, they dropped anchor, and they were getting off the ship, and they looked huge, but then it, they got closer, and it was just they were wearing like really big. Mm-hmm fur pelts that were like matted and gross so yeah, yeah so it, it it made their silhouettes a little bulkier uh, bulkier than they really were uh, how would you describe professor karkaroff i was really confused when i was reading that like he i guess the way he's again you know my brain kind of defaults to the movie because you have that vivid picture from the movie see i didn't have a vivid picture from the movie. I, I I remembered the size of Madame Maxine from the movie, but I didn't remember Karkaroff at all. So the picture that I got from the book in my head is that he is he was a hippie in the sixties and seventies and now he's grown up. But he's still like the cool like he's I bet he's still got a ponytail. Uh he's got like the goatee I bet he plays the guitar. Uh, I bet he's... He just seems like... that. That's kind of how he appeared in my head. And how he was kind of like with Dumbledore. You know, very... Just just kind of chill. Just kind of relaxed. He didn't seem... It seemed a little bit in contrast to what I expected the, the Durmstrang head to be. Mm-hmm. I thought I expected it to be kind of gruff and... You see, that's exactly the word I was going to say. Like, I just, I pictured him more gruff and uh, surly and kind of piratey. Well, he didn't come off that way in the book. No, and didn't they even say that he, he sounded... I don't want to use that word. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, they, never mind. They did now, not call him gruff. Now I want to know what word you were going to use. <laughs> Write it down the way I was going to say me. it, I knew it was just going to sound wrong. It's not a bad word, but it's just it was going to sound offensive, so I don't want to say it. But I'm pretty sure it was used to describe him. Okay. And to me, he, he seems like, Hey, Dumbledore! How's it going, old friend? Uh, I'm doing that doing okay everything's going great the world's a great place to live in it's sunshine and rainbows that's what it kind of came off to me it came off as a very overly positive guy and maybe mm-hmm. i'm painting the wrong picture in my head but he kind of came off as like what the what the people that were hippies in the 60s and 70s are when they would grow up later on in life and they would still have a lot of those same traits mm-hmm. 
uh, and the same view of the world. But I could be way off. I probably am way off. Uh, last thing. Uh, last impression we get in this chapter is the reveal of one of the Durmstrang students. Someone we got acquainted with earlier in the book. The star of the losing team in the Quidditch World Cup, Victor Crumb. So, and he's got a cold. He does have a cold. We need to get him inside. I'm pretty sure we know who one of our champions is going to be. <laughs> <laughs> with the, what would make you with say that? The big reveal. You think the other guys that came along are like, "Why did you even bring us?" <laughs> <laughs> so uh, before we, before we, because we, we do have an email here. Mm-hmm. Before we do that and wrap up here, how many did they bring? Because they didn't bring their whole school. No, they just bring... Do they bring, like, like their top ten who they think might be potential contenders? How, how many are we talking here? Well, I think at least for them, like you said, they, they kind of know who their champion's going to be. But they don't get to pick. Right. You know, so I guess they all get to put their name in and see what comes out. Uh, but yeah, they, I'm assuming they bring their, their best and brightest and strongest, whatever. But, I mean, are we... Their top contenders. Do you remember from the movie, like, was there 20? Was I there say there's 50? Like 12 uh, to 15. Okay. Like, there was enough to have, like, two good lines of them, but... There's probably a lot of people back at the schools that are upset that they didn't get to make the trip, like... Not only did I not get picked as a champion, I didn't get picked and be in the top 12. Mm-hmm. Yeah, but if Victor Crumbs goes to your school, <laughs> you're, you're kind of like, eh. And, then, well, one, and it's a little weird. One of the girls on the Babadans, she her little sister comes. So it's just like, wait, what? So why does wait, she get to come? What? <laughs> well... What? Thank you. <laughs> so now we've all said it. Yes, we've all said it. Everybody at home said it. I'm sure. All right. Um. Well, hold on. I had to laugh when I was reading the chapter because have you noticed like how much book we are through, mm-hmm. and it's like the tournament's like hasn't started yet. <laughs> I believe the next chapter is called the Goblet of Fire. Ooh, <laughs> it is chapter sixteen. The it Goblet took us of Fire. sixteen chapters to get to the name of this book but i still don't think that it's like actually starting that's we're just meeting the we're meeting the goblet it's not the tournament hasn't started just saying (laughs) it was a lot when i was looking for our chapter i'm like really we're this far in the book good grief well our email today comes from a good friend of yours and mine somebody who's appeared on this podcast before uh, what? Our friend Mike. Mike? Our friend Mike. Hi, Mike. Uh, sent us an email at broomsticks.butterbeer at gmail.com. And if you like podcasting, if you like, um, if you're looking for something new to try out, check out Mike's podcast. It's called Comparing Apples to Oranges. It's on all major podcast platforms. Uh, you've been on it before. I have. I've been on it before. I've come up with his topics before. And the concept of, of Mike's podcast is that he takes two things that are in, that are related in some, loosely related in some way, and compares them. So it might be, uh, we recently did sports movies, 
but we compared like rollerball to uh, I don't I don't even remember what the movie we compared it to. But they were they were connected by by the fact that they were sports movies, but they were totally different. Like one was a a comedy, one was a, a drama slash action, but they had this loose thread that ties them together. And then he comes up with a set of criteria to compare them, and they picks a, picks a winner. You guys did like charity albums one mm-hmm. time, and yeah, we've done like albums uh, like uh, where a member of a, a band goes solo, and we compare their first album. And but it might be like a country singer and a pop singer, mm-hmm. but they have that small little thread that connects the two of them, and it's a it's a fun. I have a fun time doing the show. I'm, we're not on it all the time, but we're on it from time to time, and it is called Comparing Apples to Oranges, and it's available on all podcast platforms. There you go. So check it out. But Mike writes, Hey, Jess and Dan. Hey, Mike. Great job with the pod. I've been catching up on your recent episodes, and two questions have popped up. It's obvious you both are awfully handy with soundboard and those sick drops. You searched for a long time for that. That's what you came up with. DJ Airhorn. <laughs> Ric Flair makes a brief appearance. And now he's back. Uh, his, I'm getting great at this, His Mike. first question is, if the two of you were local shock jocks on the morning drive time radio, what would your handles be? I've got some if you don't have any. Yeah, you go. I'll. Uh, well, I think the show would have to be called Crash of Rhinos with Dan and Jess because a group of rhinos is called a crash. Uh huh. Uh huh. Like a uh, like a murder of crows or like a flock of seagulls. Uh, so it has to be called Crash of Rhinos with Dan and Jess. Um, I did a little play on J Lo for you, so you're J Rai. Uh huh. And I'm the albino rhino. <laughs> Because I'm very white. Yeah, yeah. Definitely, that would work. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'd have to give that some more time to marinate. Well, how about this one? What would your shock jock names be for your wizard wireless network program? Because radios don't work at Hogwarts, right? Right. So if we were... Those other names were if we were like in the Muggle world doing a morning drive time radio show. But if we were in the Wizarding world and we're doing a show, what would our names be? I have a fun one, yeah, but a, I can't. You I gotta, can't. You can't because you got to keep it PG. Yeah. Or, okay. Uh, well, I'm do you gonna... remember uh, the episode of The Office where Kelly had a lot of names for herself? Oh, yes. <laughs> so, witch. <laughs> it rhymes with witch. Well, no, I'd put them together. Oh, witch, and then the word that rhymes with witch. Yes. Snitch. <laughs> <laughs> no, it also rhymes with snitch. Okay, so uh, mine was uh, boss lady and the house elf. <laughs> You're the boss lady, I'm the house elf, because I... Just do whatever you tell me to do, and I just try to keep you happy. That's kind of my my lot in life. So you are boss lady on house elf. That would be our, our wizarding radio program. 
or mine. You could use my name that I said and the house elf. So, witch snitch <laughs> and the house elf. Yeah, there you go. I like that too. Mike says, keep up the good work. Ravenclaws represent. Woo woo. And uh, I think that's going to do it for this episode, unless you got anything else. I think we covered it. Well, that was chapter 15. Bobatons or Bobatons, whatever. <laughs> Bobos. Bobos and Dermstrang. And we will be back next time, finally getting into the aforementioned Goblet of Fire. I don't think we should get into the Goblet of Fire. I don't even know what it is. Well, honestly. it's a goblet it full a of fire. You don't want to get in there. I know it's cold right now, babe, but you don't want to get into a goblet of it fire. It's really cold. Let me check to see what the temperature is here in St. Louis, Missouri. Uh, it said it is currently 12 degrees and feels like negative 2. Oh, well, our thermometer that's outside says it's 9 degrees. Okay. I'm going to go with that one, and that means it's probably colder than negative, negative 2. Negative 2. And only going to get colder this weekend. Mm -hmm. Very uh, cold. Looking at the forecast. I think it's the, supposed to be negative 5 on Sunday? Uh, the high for Sunday, as we record this on a Friday, the high for Sunday is 5. 5. The low on Monday is negative 6. Ooh. So that would probably put that up the, a little uh, bit. That would put the wind chill into the negative double digits. But as we record this in 2021, it is Valentine's Day weekend. So happy Valentine's Day to you, my love. Oh, And also day. a President's Day weekend. So enjoy your day off if you're a teacher or a government employee. And uh, hopefully we brought a little bit of levity to the world that we are in right now. Hopefully the... Vaccines continue to roll out as we record this in 2021. You're probably listening to this in 2041 and saying, "Was it really that bad?" No, there's there's <laughs> somebody in that time frame going, "Don't get the shot." <laughs> <laughs> We're getting the shot. We're not anti-shot people, but it would be they're funny. They're wearing their their headphones on the extra set of ears that they grew from getting the, the don't COVID get shot. the shot. We are getting the shots when they become available. We are, we're, and and if you're not, doesn't mean you're you're a bad person, but we'll keep the p politics out of it. Trump, <laughs> Trump 2024, <laughs> which no. are, which is also not our political affiliation. However, we will accept sponsorships from anybody. Any. I don't think Warenberg's a thing anymore. The theaters aren't a thing it's anymore. Marcus theaters now, but I digress. Uh, follow the show at BroomsticksB on Twitter. We're also on Facebook as well. She is at Jess Rhino on Twitter. I am at Dan Rhino. And like I said, shoot us an email and we'll give you a shout out on the next show. Uh, follow our buddy Mike on the Comparing Apples to Oranges podcast. I believe on Twitter he is at c-a-t-o podcast so follow him on twitter as well and a shout out to our friends austin and jack the people's trivia company do live trivia every tuesday wednesday and thursday nights except on, next week <laughs> on their youtube channel except for next week because they're taking a week off 
Yeah. Uh, but we also did find uh, another friend, the Trivia Galaxy, which is on Twitch. They do live trivia every Sunday, Monday, and Wednesday. Themed is, nights, uh, too. Yeah, they do theme nights on, on Monday nights. They did a Harry Potter night a few weeks ago, and you and the girls did not miss a question. <laughs> <laughs> they were pretty easy. I got about half of them. So you haven't read but half of the series. So you're saying... Bravo to me. Yeah. Thanks. Uh, but shout out to Jennifer and Anastasia and Kelly and yourself who ran the table on that <laughs> on that poor trivia and uh, made it your witch. <laughs> <laughs> or your we snitch. wanted a challenge, a real challenge. Well, there you go. That, that, that gives you fun activities to do every night of the week via the People's Trivia Company on YouTube and Trivia Galaxy on twitch so until next time thank you for downloading listening and subscribing i am dan rhino i'm jessica rhino and we will see you then bye